Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's going down, y'all? Here we are, another awesome episode of the Protector Podcast. We're going to be talking about martial arts today. Very controversial and very important conversation. I've got a living legend in the house with me, Walter McClowski. He's a Thai boxing uh, phenomenon. He's, he's, he's really, really cut a path for us within that warrior tribe, Start going all the way back to the 90s and uh, well-respected, trained with the groups you guys watch movies about. And so it's an honor to sit here and have this conversation with you. Walt, how you doing, sir? Doing good, Byron. Thanks for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. I know we've been kicking this around for a while and it's time. It is time, man. I'm at to train with you, man. It's got, I'm like, look at that would be awesome, man. We'll have fun. Gotta be done, brother. So what would you say? My opening question is always a little deep one. You know, you've done so much in the space. You've trained warriors. You've won titles. But at the end of the day, who are you at your core? Who is Walter McClowski? That's an interesting uh, uh that whole thing is, is really gets me going because, you know, as we get older, we change in various yeah. ways. So I've kind of branched out, and this is how I met you and a lot of people, into firearms, into canine dogs, and I'm still with my Muay Thai. I still mix it up. I still stay in shape. You have to. It's a dangerous world out there today. Things yeah. have changed in the last couple of years drastically i mean we all know that yes. you know you can't buy a gun anymore i mean it's like you're on some waiting list or something like that you know and uh, <laughs> martial arts has taken on a whole new meaning the whole my whole format of who i train too has is changed a little bit there's a lot of just regular people they want to learn how to fight yep you know it's not just that they want to stay in shape and do a little fitness kickboxing. Now these guys, yeah, and I train a lot of law enforcement. I train some, some high level military groups in here that uh, we could talk about what they were doing. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not going to take those, you know, I'm not going to take money from those people, you know, and my law enforcement people, I, you know, I've been giving them for the longest time, 50% discount too, because they need it. You know, it's, I have a vested interest in that stuff now, you know, in, into those people because it's a different world. Yes. You know, I love Muay Thai maybe for several reasons. And I like I like the cultural aspects. I my gym is my camp, my home camp in Thailand, Sit Yad Tong. Sit Yad Tong means sit comes from the Thai word look sit. It means student. Mm. Student of Yad Tong Senanan. Yad Tom Senan on this man right here. I don't know if you can see. I'll show you this picture, but this was my coach, Yad Tom Senanon. Uh, awesome stories behind him, too, uh, which I'll, I'll tell you if we have time. He actually won my lottery in 2004, I think it was, and uh, gave all the money away to the poor. He was just like, uh, he was a great guy. Spiritual mentor. And really? we all need our mentors in life. I mean, without them, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get to where we need to be. Take a lot of life. Probably my biggest mentor. And uh, this is him on the front of my shirt, too. Yeah, I was checking but, that uh, out, man. That's awesome. Yod Tong, students of Yod Tong Senanan. Now, another meaning. This is a cool yeah. meaning. Kind of military related, actually. Yeah. It translates Sit Yod Tong 
a yacht tong is a is the ball on the top of a flagpole. A, mm-hmm. a tong is a flag. It kind of it translates to a flag that flies above, which is like the elite of the elite. Wow, that's awesome. So you're that's what an honor. When they asked me to carry the Sityatong name, they didn't really ask me, they told me it gave me a direct order. You're gonna be your new gym is gonna be the Sityatong in, in America. There was wow. one other in Boston, but uh so, great guy too, Mark Delagrati. But um anyway, the the elite of the elite, yeah, right? Kind of like the the Navy SEALs are the Marsoc guys of, of Muay Thai and right. uh, also the students of Yagtong Senanan. So you're the elite of the elite and the students of the greatest Muay Thai teacher that ever lived. Wow. So that's- I got lucky. I've been super lucky to have mentor a mentor like that and mentors uh, like that. I've had some people from all over the world Mostly my, my Thai friends and champions come here and do seminars and train, uh, uh, like sharing, sharing their, their knowledge with the, the regular people. And you can't get that stuff too easily. I nope. mean, I, I found this that when I see, the, I have the chance to learn from someone of that level. It's like doing a, a, a seminar with J.J. Ricasa or somebody. Yeah. You got to get it. You, you got to get, get it. it. You, know? you got to. I love it, man. That's beautiful. Uh, one thing I want to point out to the listeners is, you know, we all try to be tough and cool and, you know, BA and all this stuff. But what you're going to find when you study some of the best guys that are operating at high levels is that this all begins with submitting to the crucible of getting better, submitting to people and leadership and being a faithful servant, understanding how to how to serve and how to listen and how to kill weaker versions of yourself. It's, it's, it's a very important thing. If you guys want to go far in this game and executive protection and anything you want to do, find someone who has what you want and open yourself up to them and, and, and let them help, help, help you. And that's, that's really a quick path. The other path is really bumpy and you, <laughs> and you may not, you might die tired trying to get up the mountain. This mm-hmm. is the path you guys find someone who has what you want, submit to that and learn and, and, and go through the crucible. So that's yes. powerful that you, you can see this powerful man, you know, has learned from a powerful man. This is the, well, you got to empty your cup. Yep. You know, just like Bruce Lee said, I yep. mean, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless and add what is uniquely your own. Yep. When you get to that level, that's beautiful. I love it. Good stuff. You know, Byron, I just did a podcast recently too. And it's, yeah. it's pretty cool because I can branch out in three different areas, it seems mm-hmm. like. Of course, the main one being Muay Thai. I mean, like, yeah. I'm one of the top Americans, top guys in the States that's really doing the real stuff. I can speak Thai the whole nine yards. Yeah. But uh, dog training has been really big for me, too. I just did a podcast with Elevated Canine, and they're really getting out there. The guy's name's Oscar Mora. He was a he still is. He's a, he's a dog training champion. I think he was regional champion twice. And, uh, he's like one of the hottest canine trainers right now. And he really? had me, you know, of course we talked about Muay Thai. We talked about guns and we talked about dogs too. So it's kind of been Muay Thai, you know, I'm, I'm hooked on this competition shooting thing too, <laughs> you know, and I, I relate, but my competition shooting for me is, I related to the real world. I'm not no gamer. I don't play no games with it. I related to the real world. And I did that with Muay Thai too, because Muay Thai is a sport, but you can fight with it for real. Right? Yeah. And uh, the same thing with dog training. Some of these guys would say, oh, well, you train sport dogs. They, You know, I train, you know, for real bites, real dogs. And I was like, all right, let me see your dog. And I saw the person's dog that was talking all this stuff, you know. And yeah. Their dog looked weak and the nerves were not good, you know. Yeah. And when he saw my dog, he was like, holy shit, this dog <laughs> was for real. Yeah. And it's still a sport dog, but I'll tell you what, he will get down. Yeah. And there's a differentiator between like, some sports that are just very theory. And then there's other ones where it's like, mm-hmm. Like yeah. competition shooting, for example. Yeah, it's a sport, but like I can yeah. run the tra- I can run the heck out of my gun if I got to run my gun. 
7-Eleven, better believe I've been solving Seven. non-standard equations with a handgun for a few years. Well, yeah, <laughs> and you get a jam, you can clear a malfunction really quick, too. Yeah, like, That's and you're not so even, not, yeah, man, and we're not even thinking about that stuff. Like, we're, exactly. we're you're thinking about the next three targets while the three are in front of you and how you're going to move, where the sure. other guy's, like, getting vapor locked into like smaller pieces of the battlefield, man. So it's, it, there's levels to this stuff for sure. Well, plus speed matters. I mean, speed you, matters. First, you win. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. Shorts from my last fight. Yeah. This is an interesting one. Uh, this was a, uh, I fought co-main event at Patia stadium stadium in Thailand. These are my opponents shorts that I knocked out in the first round. Ooh. And he just honored you with that. The shorts. He's like, dude, you won. You know? Yeah, take and it. The ties are, are, they're honorable warriors in battle. They don't talk a lot of shit. They don't, they'll even smile at you, you know, and like, hey, you know, you win, you win. Yep. But it is. So I then I got more from uh, Sigma Tongue uh, 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 champions, Samat Piakaloon, Gong Tony Piakaloon. My my gym is virtually like a fucking museum, man. It's uh, here's like some of my certificates, and you know, I, I I'm authorized to teach by Kriyatong Senana in Thailand. I'm authorized by uh, Crew Wood in United World Muay Thai. I'm also a uh, a Jeet Kune Do uh, instructor too, which I got my certification from Richard Bastillo, direct student of Bruce Lee's back in the day. Wow. Uh, my my wife is June Castro. She's one of the highest ranking female martial artists in the world. And really? she's a degree black belt in Shaolin Kempo. Her dad was Ralph Castro. Another, uh, him and Bruce Lee were really tight too, but here's a, she's done a lot of, gosh, there's so much shit in here. She's done a lot of uh, magazine articles back in the day when they had the Inside Karate, Inside yeah. Kung Fu. She did a couple covers. I did Inside Kung Fu several times too, but she uh, she did more than me actually. But here's a uh, fight posters back my old fights. This is an interesting poster here. You check this one out. Uh, uh, Kong Napa uh, and Ole Larson were the main event. Kong Napa was Raj Damdern Stadium champion in Thailand. And then mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne Ludwig was on this show back in the day. This was like 2000, 2001. And check this out. This is a trip. This is Holly Holm. The really? champ, the girl, the preacher's daughter, the little girl. She fought on. We fought on the same card years ago, a long wow. time ago. And then I got you know various pictures of Thailand, all the okay. champions I trained. I trained yeah. uh, fifteen different champions under me. But I got to show you this, Byron. This is like one of my uh, pride and joy things. Yeah. Here's the gym right here. You guys say hi. You're on a podcast. <laughs> Woo! What up, y'all? This, this place is awesome. It's 10,000 square feet. But this one here, Byron, I sent you a picture of this. You this did. is the American flag that was flown over Baghdad in 2016. And it's, you know, given to uh, Seyatong, L.A. I trained some of the Navy SEALs. And uh, guys were in the uh, uh, SOCOM, the Special Operations Task Force. And uh, I don't know what they were doing or where they were going. They were the quiet professionals. Yeah. But they trained Muay Thai with me. One of them moved his uh, a whole family out from Virginia. And they were with me for a long time, for years. Wow. But uh, I worked with those guys, and uh, that was awesome. That was that awesome. And then I just worked with the group, too, that came out from Fort Bragg. I don't know what they were doing. They were doing some kind of operation in Thailand. Yeah, I kind of set things up. They were recommended by a, a Thai official from the consulate to mm -hmm. come to me, and I, uh, I trained them for a while. I wouldn't take no money from them, man. I mean, wow. I put a really strong emphasis on training my military and law enforcement, man. I wasn't a military guy, but 
as I got older, you know, I, I, I regretted it that I didn't go in, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I started working with them in law enforcement in this capacity. Yeah. This is amazing. But I mean, it, you're a warrior, you know, I, you're a warrior. The warriors recognize warriors, whether you did it formally no. or not. No, you're, you're a warrior, man. And it's an honor. Um, Thank you, brother. Let's see. Next question. How'd you get into this Thai boxing world, man? How'd you get into doing what you're doing? Okay. Uh, well, man, I've been in martial arts my whole life. Yeah. Um, my dad was a boxer. I've okay. done, I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm from Indiana. Didn't have a lot to do out in the cornfields out there other than, you know, wrestling and boxing. There was, I found some traditional karate. I mean, of course, yeah. like all the guys my age that were into martial arts, we saw Bruce Lee and it was all over. I saw Enter the Dragon and wow. And you were hooked. And you were, yeah, <laughs> yep. That was it. Gotta be done. I went to a, a competition shooting match. I was hooked. Sign me up. Yep. I don't care how much it costs. I'll get the money. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm the side was the same way. I mean, even with the Marine Corps, everyone like I did it for some righteous reasons. Like you know, I was an able-bodied man, and I got to go fight for everyone who can't even go fight and yes. and all that stuff. You know, and I joined during the time of war. But really, when I saw that movie Tears of the Sun, and I, I was like, I got to go do, I got to go do this. Like I was like, football yeah. is nothing. I want to go and I want to fight and I want to settle my manhood. You know, that was another big one. I want to know who I am so no one can tell me and it can affect me. I was like, no, no, I earned my stuff. God bless you for your opinion. All the job, Byron, you know. I felt the same way the first time, uh, you know, I'm into canine dog training. I work with protection dogs a lot, too. That's like one of my other hobby sites. First time I put on a sleeve and took a, they call it a grip, a bite dog, I was like, sign me up. Wow. (laughs) Same with Muay Thai, man. Mm-hmm. I think I got kicked in the leg or tossed out of the ring, clinching. And I was yeah. like, I got to learn this stuff, man. Yep. Put the ego aside yep. and empty your cup and mm-hmm. just start learning, man. It's the only, that's the only pathway to growth. Yes. And it's the way to live, man. It's the way to it live is. this life, man. When you're growing and you stay in this expansion mode, it's a beautiful, beautiful process. It's a beautiful it thing. Does. What would you say... Let's see here. So let's just say bucket list wise. I wanted to train to go over to Thailand and be able to fight with those dudes and do the thing. I noticed these tattoos that a lot of Thai boxers have too. What, yeah, would, yeah. what would you, how long would a train up be for that? And then what do these tattoos mean? <laughs> well, most of your Sakyans, that's a good, uh, good question, by the way. Um, most of your Sakyans have to do with protection and uh, it's usually tied into Buddhism. Um, a lot of the ties to believe you're, you're wearing the Buddha or you have the Sakyans. Nothing can hurt you. You can take a bullet, you know, and there's a lot of stuff. I remember training with the Thai kids when I was first getting started over there. See, they have a there's a historical story regarding a Thai soldier and a Burmese group of soldiers, I mean, when Thailand and Burma was at war, mm-hmm. named Nikonom Tome. Nikonom Tome was captured by the Burmese, and they lined, they found out he was a Thai boxing champion. Okay, well, we'll put our best fighter against your fighter. I mean, you even see it in the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies where he dipped the hands in the glue in the broken glass. Well, that stuff went down for real. I mean, yeah. that happened. It's kind of like folklore, like George Washington chopped down the cherry tree. Yeah. All the guys know about it. And what ended up happening was uh, Nikonom Tome, actually, they fought to the death or till no, till one of them was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikonom Tome ended, ended up beating nine of the Burmese Mons, killing them, I guess, or, or whatever happened. No more were able to continue. And yeah. the, the Burmese king called a truce at that point. Wow. When you think about it, it's a much more humane way to do battle than battle. casualties. Right. So you got nine, right? So that's the way they went down. Now the ties, especially the fighters, when they, they and they all know about that, it gives them a lot of pride. Of course. I, I trained with, you know, we would get up, before sun, sun up, because it's so damn hot out there, we're yeah. jogging, right? And 
these guys would rather die than lose. I mean, they had the mentality was, you know, and, and when I got back to the States after that, the first trip, I was, I had that mentality. Yeah. And I, you know what? You're going to have to fucking kill me. Yeah. And I got ring every time. And I'll tell you what, it saved me a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, pain. I didn't really even get hurt much, you know, yeah. when I, especially with that mentality, it's, yeah. the mind is a powerful tool ridiculously powerful it's our most powerful tool yeah, and that i i and that's very interesting i talk a lot about um facing death and 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 being very aware of death every day and knowing that your time is limited and every moment that goes by is a small death how did you use it but then also really knowing what to die over point in case the shooting that just took place in in texas you know when i real quick story when i was a boot when i first got to the fleet we were doing an exercise with simunition and me and a senior Marine turned a corner. And this is when I first got there. So I'm still soft, right? I'm still like, you know, little kid. And uh, we turned a corner to go into a building and there's one of the 11s, you know, op four, he's at the back of the hallway with a saw and Sims. And he just, whoa, the second we opened the door and my senior Marine who just got back from Fallujah, he's a made man. You know, he goes in, boom, fights, fights through it dips into the first the first room and i'm coming in behind him and i'm just like oh my gosh and i back out you know and you know he grabs me and uh normally you catch a pretty thugged out beating in in the fleet for something like that because it's like it's like juvie versus juvie meets lord of the flies in there basically uncle sam's misguided children hey you know it's man law like your mom's back home but that was one time where they actually he just grabbed me and he was like don't ever ever let a man go into a room by himself um and because one of their buddies got chopped in half and dangled out of a window because he was captured in a building they were trying to take by themselves mm. and he ended up separated um so awesome. yeah man and at that moment i i, I realized like why well, i, I would have died if i would have gone with you for sure i would have got shot to pieces but then i i had to realize like hey this work when you're gonna hit this door you need to already have decided hey I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be there for my guys. And if I have to die, it's a good day to die. Today is the day I'm going to yeah. die for what I stand for. Then this is what's going to happen next. And wow. those dudes in Texas, man, with that shooting, standing outside for 70 hours, maybe they got orders. We weren't there. I can't really righteously judge them. But I tell you right now, that was a good day to die in defending uh, the innocent. You That's know, the game. That's what I want guys to understand, man. You settle that trash before the fight, long, every day before the fight even begins. So that mentality, it took me a long ways through a lot of fights that fortunately, and Musashi talks about this, you know? Yeah. Even Jesus talks about, you want to save your life, you're going to be the guy. Sun Tzu, too, Art of War. Yep, every, it's, it's in warrior culture. This is amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Training to go to Thailand. This is a bucket list. How long, how does that work? How long is a work up to go do something like that? Is that you have to be at a certain level? Is that, you know, they have to select you, accept you? Or how does that whole thing work? Well, when I went, and mind you, when I went to Thailand during the 80s and 90s, what is referred to now as the golden age, mm. it was a lot. The economy was, Thailand was a lot more poor. There wasn't all this technology. It probably wasn't, it probably wasn't commercialized. Now it might be commercialized. Like I might be able yeah. to just buy a ticket and go and they might make me feel right. like, like training, a, you know, like you go to, on the range yeah. with some of these guys and you're like, you know, like, is this, this is about the tuition. This isn't about the uh, competence anymore. Some things, right. but I don't know. I mean, I, when I did it, I, you know, had a letter to get in and I did things the Buddhist way, the right mm. You know the the way the traditional way way to go in there, and I had a Thai family that helped me out too. So, wow. um, you know, I did it a little, a little bit, a little bit different, and, mm -hmm. and recognized for that. And, and you know, it shows that they call the foreigners falangs. Mm -hmm. You know, as a foreigner, as a falang in Thailand, especially at that time, you didn't get a lot of respect. You had to earn that trash. You had to earn every bit. The foreigners were going there to party and get hookers yeah. and do a little bit of Muay Thai on the side. And yeah, mm -hmm. I want to have the fun. And it's a vacation. Cool. Okay, go for it. As long as you don't get, you know, some diseases or get arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I went there and, you know, I slept on the floor. I ran every day with the kids. I ate their spicy food. Some of the Thai people don't even think us Westerners can eat the spicy food that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I was like, and being from America really was hard too. Cause at that time in the States, all the competition kickboxing that was going on was basically, it was super watered down. It was mostly mm-hmm. like, body and boxing stuff uh, mixed in. There was no leg kicks, no elbows, no knees, nothing that was real Muay Thai. So yeah. when I went to Thailand, they were like, protect Alai, which means like, where are you from? America, America, mighty, go Muay Thai. And they told me, oh, you guys are no good. You're afraid of Muay Thai. <laughs> like taking this as like an insult and a challenge. Like what? Yeah. All right, give me some spicy food. They didn't even think we could kick the the sandbags, the hard bags that you're conditioning your shins with. And uh, I basically just like, you know, had to like let go and say, you know what, I'll do it all. Yeah, no, that's the way to be. Okay, good to go, man. What would you say about Muay Thai for women and striking? You know, like I've always yes. kind of wondered about that. What would be your perspective on that? Well, as an yeah, option in general for women and for... You know, I think that, well, one, Muay Thai is, it's, it's pretty basic. Your punches are, are, are like boxing punches, but you're adding the elbows. Yeah. You got your kicks, and basically there's two kicks. There's many ways to perform them, but there's your push kick and your round kick. Yeah. And then there's basically two knees. There's your tankao, which means you're spearing straight knee, and your taikao, your, your side knee, which kind of translates to knee kick. But there's a whole whole nother world of standing grappling, too. So I think that's one of the reasons Thai boxing has been an integral part of MMA is because they're not afraid to lock up and to grapple. And then when mm. they go to the ground, they start incorporating the jujitsu and wrestling. So yeah. it kind of flows into that range real well. But as far as... Uh, and I so, teach a lot of my law enforcement guys, Muay Thai. A lot of them want to do jujitsu. They want to do some submissions, although you can't submit anybody anymore because mm-hmm. they outlawed the choke, which I think is wrong. It's but ridiculous. Anyway, um, I tell people this, you know, and, you know, the some of the old school jujitsu guys like the, the Gracies, when they first came out, they said, you know, 90% of all fights end up on the ground, which – you know, it's true. A lot of them do, but I'll tell you what, a hundred percent of them start standing up. You better <laughs> be able to see those punches. Bang, bang, when bang. you're on the street, someone's going to be throwing punches at you, usually winging some overhands and trying to take your head off. So you yep. got to be able to see that. You got to be able to defend against it. You got to know how to read it and you got to know how to counter. Your counter may go be going to the ground and that's fine. That's Range does have to be, you know, dealt with, but having some striking is very important. And uh, especially for law enforcement too, because you're going to see that. Mm-hmm. I got a good story too. I don't know if we'll have time, but I had a guy from the gang, gang squad uh, from LAPD that worked with me years ago. And I had him, he was talking about, he had a, a, a one of the fellows he worked with that the guy tried to grab his pistol and they ended up grappling and it got really ugly and it didn't go that well. Mm. So I had him doing this move where he locked the neck when you do the, the plumb, the tight clinch on the neck and, and turning the guy away from his weapon side mm. and using the knees and they couldn't take this guy down. He was all PC, PCP'd up and yeah. dusted out. And uh, they couldn't fucking cuff him up and take care of him. And this guy ended up doing that, pull him away from his gun, knee him in the face a couple of times. And he put his nose like on the side of his head and that did the trick. And they were able to the cuff the dude up and, and, and neutralize the threat. But, you know, striking has to be dealt with, I think, in all areas besides just competition fighting. Yeah. So. You know, and to me, Muay Thai, you know, is a sport, Mm -hmm. but you can fight with it for real. So it's easily translated to the street. Yep. Number two, 
we're used to getting hit, right? That's a huge you know? advantage. It's it huge is. Advantage. It is. They call it body tempering. You're used to taking some shots. You're not going to yep. freak out. You're not going to get a body alarm response. Maybe yep. a little bit, but you're able. You've done it before, right? So you, you're able to cope with that type of sure. stress. Inoculated to that stress. It's a huge advantage that you know it our is. forces guys have. Is like those gunshots ring out in that Seven Eleven or in that home invasion. Someone who's been there before is going to be like, okay, here we go. We're doing the thing. The mm-hmm. civilian's going to be like, oh my god! <laughs> and you see it in yeah. the videos when I do the tactical protection reviews. The bad guys just start running. The alarm response, you know. And it's right. like, there's, it's there's the same thing with getting hit too, man. The punch in the face, crack, boom, and the birds are chirping. Yeah. Where are you? Or you know? Yeah. Can you swim through it, or you know, are you are you you just out of water? I remember my first Thai coach, Nanlasira Decho, when he died. Mm. He died in 91. That's when I went to Thailand. I was on a mission. I ended up and I went to Sityatong right after he passed away. You know, the dude was, he was my first mentor. Wow. But uh, I remember him telling me years ago. And uh, at the time I didn't understand it. I I thought it was ridiculous. Actually. He told me, (laughs) Walter, when you're getting hit, you know, and you're really hurt, try to think happy thoughts. And I was like, what? We're Peter Panning <laughs> right now, bro. We're flying. <laughs> and the ties are like that. They're, they're, you know, I know. Thai people, for the most part, are, are very nice. They call it the land of smiles. You get yeah. in the ring with them, they'll kill you. But yeah. for the most part, they're, you know, they're, they're pretty soft spoken and whatnot. That's awesome. And so, like, my type of people, me, man. That's how I try to be. Yeah. The guy tells me, Walter, you need to think happy thoughts when you're getting when you're getting hurt in real. Yes. And I was like, oh, I don't get it. Yeah. And then later on, I understood what he meant. What he meant was you have to weather the storm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stay calm. Yep. And that's the same thing you were saying about when the, the shots are ringing out in the 7-Eleven. Yeah, man. It's like, OK, here we are. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> you know, have you been training? You're going to be a fish in water. You're going to be at home, man. I love it. Yes, sir. You mentioned uh, Jeet Kune Do. You're also yes. advanced in Jeet Kune Do and all that. What would you say about, because I know some guys I've heard them be like, well, it's just kind of one of those, um, I don't want to say theoretical, but like they wonder about the real world application and utility of that martial art for self-defense. What would you say about that? I think there could not be a better one. Really? Yes. I mean, I was very influenced by Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune Do really is what opened the door for me uh, and turned me on to Muay Thai. I mean, well, the first one was my cousin, Jack, who was a uh, uh, helicopter gunner in Vietnam. And he ended up doing some R&R and going to Thailand for a while. And then he had a a group of Thai soldiers that, that worked together with the Americans there. And he got exposed to Thai boxing. Cause I remember when I was a kid, telling mm-hmm. him, yeah, I'm taking karate lessons now. And he was like, he was like, yeah, that's okay. But you know what? If you get a chance, check out some Muay Thai. That's, that's the real deal. That's real yeah. you know, fighting. And there, there's nothing that's going to even be close to that. And yeah. I didn't know what he was talking about. There was none of that around. I was in a little farm town in Indiana. Mm-hmm. But when I came to California, that's when I, I started first with the Jeet Kune Do, with the mm-hmm. Bruce Lee concepts with Richard Bastillo, Dan Inasano, those guys. Awesome. Really? And what I like, Bruce Lee was so far ahead of his time, man. Yep. I mean, he was doing MMA in the 60s. Yep. Yep. You know? And I've been lucky enough to work with a lot of people that were directly related, like Richard, mm-hmm. you know, like Dan. I didn't work much with Dan. I worked a lot with Richard Bastillo. And uh, he was an old Chinatown student in the 60s of Bruce Lee's. Wow. And then, then my father-in-law, Ralph Castro, was a good friend of Bruce Lee's. Bruce wow. wanted him to, to go in the Jeet Kune Do way, but he was, he was the founder of Shaolin Kempo. was him and Ed Parker. Ed Parker had the American Kempo, Ralph Castro and the Shaolin Kempo. They both were disciples of Professor Chow, the, the guy that founded Kempo Karate. So, wow. I mean, yeah, he was like, I'm loyal to my coach, to my teacher. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go with you, Bruce. And Bruce respected that too. I mean, we all 
You know, understand we, that honor. Yes. Loyalty honor. is an important thing, you know, especially when someone's passing down uh, to you that type of knowledge. That mantle I mean, that comes with that. It's major. Responsibility. So anyway, I, I like Jeet Kune Do because the theory and the concept is great too. Don't get me Bend wrong. It. I mean, the theory of basically using no way is way. And what you do, my Jeet Kune Do now has kind of become Muay Thai. And I'll always incorporate a little bit of grappling in case I do go to the ground too. But yeah. Muay Thai is my thing. I was a Muay Thai champion. But... I have to have a little bit of grappling too in, in case, but also guns and dogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, firearms. And I was a three gun competitor for years. I like the three guns because I want to run all three platforms. For right. I yep. loved it, you know, and I always looked to me. I don't see that. I see the similarities, not the differences. I look at competition shooting, just like I looked at competition dog training, you know, Oh, you got a sport dog. He won't bite for real. Oh, really? Come in my yard and we'll see. <laughs> How about sure that. are you about that? Yeah. And no. I, I think, I think the cheat code is with, you know, I say on this, on my podcast and with my brand protections, more than just a job, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And if you want to perform at a high level on that day, you've got to be living that lifestyle. It's going to be your baselines of proficiency that are going to carry you through that day. Your baseline, not how you shoot after you've been at the range for 30 minutes and done a couple mm-hmm. drills and then start doing competitions. No, no, no. The way you shoot, when I just say, Hey, we just got here, get your stuff on, get online. Right now. That's how you're, that, a little worse than that is how you probably right. actually perform. Right now. That comes from living a lifestyle of these sports, these combat sports that are easily translatable. You know, like people talk a bunch of trash about competitive shooting. Dude, we can run our guns if we need to run our guns. But all the guys like you and uh, Frank Proctor and a lot Mm -hmm. of the guys, you know, that have been out there and have done it say, hey, competition shooting is good you need to be able to think on the fly the timer adds some pressure to you we can't be throwing live bullets at each other in practice right right Right. and that's we're getting into i'm gonna be doing a lot more force on force with believe it or not airsoft and sims this year Mm because that's that stuff is gunfighting and sparring that's what it is but the point is you know you have your your sport dog you have your your gym you have your time at the shooting the competitions and doing force on force yeah, these are sports. These are sports. But at the same time, that same mind that's solving those equations is the mind you want to go into an actual force encounter with because you're mm-hmm. familiar with this stressor. That same mind of being on the mat at, at JITS and simulating murder with multiple guys per week, like simulate, you can, you can yeah. spar at a, at a high intensity with these sports. And I think there's a huge payoff to that when it comes to translating them into real life protection. You know. Well, I think too, Byron. Uh, think about it. You can practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, put on shin pads and headgear, sixteen ounce gloves, mouthpiece. We can bang it out a little bit. We're yep. getting used to getting hit. We're practicing practicing this stuff. Say a street fighter. Street yeah. fighter gets out there. Okay, he's been in a couple of street fights. Fine, but. How many street fights, how many times is your jaw going to get weakened? You heard the term glass jaw. That's from you yeah. hit many times. You mm-hmm. only take so much, you know, yeah. 300,000 miles on your car and it's pretty much done. Yeah, right? you need to you you need your stuff. Head with a baseball bat or something like that. You may never be the same. Ever again. <laughs> Ever. And the sparring with the protective gear, you can bang it out and you might get rock pretty good you might get your nose broke or something like that but we can do it and we can practice at it you know and then practicing must be done the right way you know the old saying practice makes perfect well it's not necessarily that it's perfect practice makes perfect yeah because i see some guys i'll show them the technique Mm -hmm. throwing a round kick or something like that then i'll see them putting in the time doing the work which is good but it has to be done correctly or we're repping the wrong thing. Yeah. Practice makes permanent y'all. So make sure you're getting good reps. Cause if you're repping the wrong thing, you'll permanently be messed up till someone helps yes. you. Yeah. That's the game. So what, and so obviously you're in these war sports for lack of a better term. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the shooting and then we'll get into dogs. So what, you know, what classification are you? What would you say about competitive shooting? I always see you out there burning it down, man. And I love seeing the dudes out there like 
especially, you know, you're older than me and you're out there getting after it's still dangerous as all get out, which I think is an honor. That's inspirational to me. I want to be that guy. Likewise, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, it's, that's the way, you know? So what would you say about competitive shooting, man? What's that journey been like? Well, competitive shooting. I mean, I'm from Indiana. My dad was a career military guy. He was a world war II veteran battle of Guadalcanal. Really? He was in, he was into it, right? He had me tearing yeah. apart guns when I was in kindergarten. I was taking wow. mostly 1911s. I mean, you know, yeah, but, yeah, uh, that's the era. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the gun. He was in the Philippines in the Pacific Theater and Guadalcanal and some like gnarly battles. But anyway, he had me going through all the guns. I had everything. I knew how to you know, take out the extractors, everything as a little kid, you know? And uh, so when I had one of my first gyms, one of my early gyms, I uh, had a student that was a master level three gunner and uh, he was good. And he took me to a pistol match at Prado actually. And he was like, well, you like to shoot? I'm like, yeah, I love to shoot. I do have a pistol. I don't even remember what I had at that time. I think a Glock 19 or a, uh, a M&P or something. Just and, you had lying around. Yeah. And, uh, well, I always have something. But anyway, so he takes me to a pistol match. And he's like, you know, I've shot before. We've done it. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty decent. So mm-hmm. I got out there, did the match, and I was blown away. I was like, yep. wow, these guys are really good. They took me, took me to narco, and those guys were like, you know, you get to see there's, there's levels to this, man. There's levels to this. I'm like, whoa! And you know what? I was like, I gotta learn this stuff. It was another yep. thing. Empty your cup. You don't know yep. nothing, mm-hmm. and and start from square one. And then he takes me, goes, Walter, uh, you need to meet Taryn Butler. I think you'll like Taryn. He's a martial arts enthusiast. He works with yeah. a lot of movie people too. And I, I worked on a couple of movies with the, uh, I did uh, uh, some fight choreography stuff uh, on some films, film stuff. But anyway, takes me to go out to meet Taryn. We hit it off right away. Taryn's like my age. He's like from the metal age in the eighties and stuff. And uh, I, next thing you know, Taryn trained with me in Muay Thai for a while. He still does a little bit too. Oh, and awesome. all the 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 actresses and the models out there they all started training with me i started working with ryan guzman christiani and you know, i met jj perry the, the guy from 87 11 uh stunts and you know taryn worked on the john wick three three and four and yep. uh, no, two and three and uh he's uh he's been a real inspiration it's been Really great to have someone of that level. I mean, I turn on YouTube and he's on the world shoot from years ago or yep. you know, to have someone in our area like that, like him or Jojo Godanez or some of these guys, we're pretty damn lucky. Yes, we know? are. We're so lucky, man, out here who we can train with, who we have access yes. to. That just yes. drive the crew. You go to Prado, you're shooting with world-class. Oh, yeah. You, you shoot the circuit out here in Cali, you're, you're getting to watch some of the best in the world. They're heavy duty. Yeah. And learn from them. You know, come on, man. And everyone thinks because it's California. So nice in the shooting community. I really like yeah. that. They're they're quick to to help you out here. Borrow my gun. Hey, some I had one guy, man, I, I ran out of ammo one time. I, I yeah. forgot to bring some of my reloaded ammo. And the guy was like, Walter, take this. I got an extra 200 rounds right here, bud. That's you know, awesome. Ammo I, I, these days is like gold. Like, yeah, man, that's like Bitcoin. I, I had, yeah, I've had some times where I showed up and had the wrong gun, and one of my buddies was like, "Dude, just run mine." I'm like, "Okay, thank you." Yeah, man, it's a beautiful community. True yeah. warriors are like that, man. True warriors True. Are, are servants. They're humble. The discipline, the practice humbles you. You know, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing, man. And then the dog stuff. So, what do you into with 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 the dog training and all that? The dog training was another similar common thread. To me, it's all martial arts. It really is, man. I love it. It really is all martial arts. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I relate it. Uh, The dog training. I had another student. uh, I was training her kids. She's actually a famous dog uh, trainer and breeder named Nellie Ratchko. She's from Hungary. Mm. uh, She was big in Europe, too. But uh, she had some... uh, 
she probably has the top German shepherds in the country. She sells dogs to the police departments, to a lot of big competitors. I mean, there's wow. people coming from Belgium and Germany to buy dogs from her in Pasadena. It's wow. crazy. But anyway, I got my last dog, Uzi. So I go over to uh, Nellie Ratchko's house, and she doesn't know me at that time. This was years ago. Walter, you're in pretty good shape. You might like this stuff here. Put on the sleeve and take a bite from my dog. <laughs> Most people might say, oh, wow. You yeah. might have a lost in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that point, I'd never done it. So uh, I, I put on the sleeve. She brings out this big Schutzen three dark sable German shepherd. You most of the, the dogs, Thanks. most of the dogs we get, uh, the shepherds we get are from Slovakia or uh, from uh, Czech Republic. Those are wow. the really hard German shepherds. Or a lot of a lot of uh, people are using the Belgian Malinois now too, which are awesome dogs. But anyway, so I put on the sleeve. This huge dog comes out, and she's like, "Don't move!" And then you're signal to give the I'll tell you when to give to engage the dog what you want to do is pop the sleeve up and raise your hand raise this up in a threatening manner yeah that's the cue for the dog to engage you which is smart you go to hit somebody or to do something and the dogs go for the arms first which is smart too um that's where your weapons are going to be that's yep. where you're doing stuff with the hand. So they'll take those out first. They can do other things. Some of the dogs do, the police dogs do leg bites and stuff like that too. That's fine, especially if they're running. But a lot of it is done with biting the limbs. So yeah. I'm standing there. This huge dog comes out. He's barking right in my face, snapping his jaws. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. He gives me the sign. I'm like, Whoop. I give the dog a grip. I'm I'm tugging with him and, and fighting him a little bit. And then I you straighten your arm and the sleeve will come right off. It's called slipping the sleeve. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I was hooked. I was yeah. like, I got to do this. This is, you know, and for another me, way of life. Yeah. For me, my canine dogs are my first line of home protection. I mean, at 2.30 in the morning when I'm sound asleep, they hear a pin drop. Yep. And they're on it. You know, I yep. remember uh, Dean Calderon, the uh, was U.S. team captain years ago, told me, you know, Walter, the thing about your your dogs, sport dogs, protection dogs, whatever, it's an alarm you never have to set. Yep. It's you underrated, know. one of the most underrated, best security systems in the world. That's yes. why I got, I got two dogs, you know, two, I got a Connie Corso. So oh, I love like, Connie Corso. Italian Mastiff. Yeah, Italian master. He's about 140 pounds. I got a Dobie down there. It's 100 and some odd pounds. Dobie too. Any noise? They're my skirmishers. You oh yeah. Do the downstairs, them, and then you can deal with you know all of me and the family. But you know, Byron, it doesn't have to be a protection breed, even style dog. Just the yeah. barking itself. Barking is number one. Little dogs, even because they're. Yeah. They, we train they, our dogs. First thing we train is barking. When they, they're pups, we bring them out to the field as long as they're old enough to have their shots. Tie them out on a pole and let them watch the big experienced dogs and get their barking on, get their confidence up. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're emulating. It's like going to a gym and seeing the pro fighters train. Yeah. Right? And you're going to – we have our mentors once again. We go social heredity. Yeah. yeah. Social training is really what it is. They're like, oh, this is what we do here? Okay, cool. It's like when wow. your mom sees a snake and if she jumps, you're like, oh, we're scared of snakes now. Or if she's like, oh, yeah. look, a snake. We're going to take it outside. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that whole It is. You know, it's awesome. funny how dog training has influenced my uh, Muay Thai training with, yeah. with my clients and my fighters and, and people like that. In that, uh, you know, I was influenced by, they have a system called the Napopo system, which was a dog trainer named Bart Malone. And, uh, uh, there was a Dutch trainer named Ravi Dijon that actually taught me it, and it's negative, positive, positive, hmm. to where they say the dog does something wrong, you give the correction, whether it may be a pinch collar or a remote collar or whatever. Then there's a time frame where the understanding happens, and then there's the reward, hmm. right? So when you get the reward, now a lot of 
I had coaches back in the day that would never give you a positive reward. Mm. I mean, they tell you, hey, you look tired today. You look like shit. You look weak. But when the reward time came, when you were just rocking the pad work or your sparring was like waiting to hear something, they didn't say nothing. Yeah, man. uh, I know I was hot. Come on. You know, I when I got to the point where I retired from fighting, I was like, I'm not going to be a coach like that. Mm. I'm going to reward just like I do in dog training. Now I don't patronize my fighters or my clients and tell them, Hey, you're doing great. Yeah. Okay. Because that'll get them hurt yep. and give them false confidence. Yep. But if I see someone doing something good, I'll say, man, keep doing what you're doing. That looks really good. You're going to be a world champion. If you keep that up Yeah. and you will see them light up. Yeah. You know, it's major. That's huge, man. That's huge. What would you say as we get into some of these closing questions? I got a few more for you. What would you say was the hardest lesson you've learned in your fight journey or your hardest fight? Well, the hardest lessons are always losing fights. Yeah. And you definitely learn more from a loss than you learn from a win. True story. You know, and I lost five fights and some of them were because I went into the fight injured. Mm. Some of them were because I had some things that were just keeping me from being focused and concentrated. Like I had a, uh, a serious, but that can work for you too. I remember one of my comeback fights after my father passed away. Mm. And I remember, you know, thinking I'm, I, I can't focus I, you know, I'm going to have to cancel this fight. You know, mm. I, I can't go through my training camp and, uh, I just couldn't focus. And then I remember one of my old coaches at the time told me, you know, what would your dad want? What would he want you to do? Yeah. You know, he was a boxer. He knew the game. And I thought about it for a little bit. And I thought, you know what? My dad would say, fucking do it. What's wrong with you, boy? Yeah. And uh, I went in and did, I end up knocking the guy out in 55 seconds. (laughs) Outstanding. All right. All right. Well, then I'll do it. I'll make it quick. (laughs) That's outstanding. (laughs) That's good stuff, man. What would you say is your proudest moment? Um, proudest moment doesn't really necessarily. You know, I'm proud of that flag that the Navy SEALs gave me. I mean, that was major for me. As, and I'm a proud American. I mean, Heck yeah. now it's like almost not cool to be an American or, or right. something these days or be patriotic. And I'm not down with that. I'm, I'm not, not down, down with that, that either. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. And uh, uh, that. so that's a big but uh, I mean, I guess as a Muay Thai, if you know Muay Thai and you know Thailand a little bit, you know Sityatong. Sityatong is one of the oldest, most famous camps. Kuyatong was given the title by the king of Thailand as the conservator of Muay Thai throughout the world. Um, you know, he passed away, you know, a couple of years ago, but, uh, you know, he's still, and I'm, you know, able to carry that name, which to me is major, you know, yeah. it's like maybe someone carrying on Tiger Woods legacy or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. But for me, just when I got the city name and they gave me the direct order to use it, I was like, wow, I've made it. You know, and I, yeah. I got plenty of belts. I was a champion. I did a lot of things. I did a lot of awesome things. I mean, gratitude is like my number one priority because yeah. I've been super lucky. I'm lucky I'm still alive compared to some of the stuff I've been through, too. But um, I know you feel the same way about that. You're so 100%. Lucky. Yeah, man. Just this morning, I was talking about gratitude in my stories. I was like, y'all need to get some of it because I started the day off at a low frequency kind of thinking about a lot of things, very internal, very quiet, having conversations with myself. And then I was like, and I was talking to everyone on the stories. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to show them how I plus up, like how I pick my frequency up. And then it just turns into like, you know what? I'm, I'm really blessed to even be faced with these challenges. I'm blessed to be alive right now. I'm still yeah. capable. You know, I'm saying yeah. I started all that gratitude, all stacking, <laughs> stacking, and you will change your biology and 100% and the day will be brighter and everything will go better it is a tactical decision it's not you know there's no pie in the sky about this this is a intelligent tactical decision 
to get into gratitude and look accurately at all the beauty and all the miracles and all the amazing things that are, we have everything we need, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like we're sitting in these rooms yeah. with everything we need, you know, talking through some technical device that probably hundreds of people died to create just the plastics and the technology to mm-hmm. even, even, even make it so we can do this supernatural, even biolocate, you know, it's, it's just so much that's available if the person has the right mentality, you know? Um, that's, that's huge that you said that, man. That's, that's really big. So, well, the proudest moment was being able to carry that name. That's, that's yeah. that lineage. That's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, man. What would you say is your favorite quote mantra saying? Well, I like Bruce Lee's stuff a lot, you know, you got so many good ones, man. You know, and I like, uh, of course, back to Kuya Tong, my, my mentor in Muay Thai regarding teaching, you know, his thing was no secrets, right? Because a lot of the, you know, as teachers, and maybe we don't show all our techniques. We don't. Mm. We keep some little stuff for, for our own. It's not good necessarily to do that. You have to, you should have the mind and the consciousness to be able to create more. Yeah. You know, I never want to empty, you know, run empty on, on ideas, you know. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of ideas. You know, I'm a guitar player and a musician too. And so that was always the thing. I gotta come up with new things too. And it's the same thing with well, look at your tactical situations you may get into. You've got to yeah. think on the fly. You may have to create things. Well, you know what? I'm going under these guys now. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the element of surprise is so big. Yeah. In order to do that, we gotta think creatively. I like that about Bruce Lee. I yeah. mean, his whole idea, like I said, way ahead of his time. You know, and uh, yeah, no secrets. No secrets. I love that, man. That's that's got a lot of depth to it. That's got a whole lot of that. That is applicable in a lot of different areas, man. What would you say is a good habit or uh, something people should consider maybe putting into their lives to make them better humans or better protectors? Well, one, if you want to get into any protection work or anything, just be you got to get in shape. I mean, we've got to, the physical level is very important. And when, when we went through all this pandemic, you know, which was a, a bummer and it was a lot of, a lot of BS, man. I am not going to sugarcoat this. They closed my gym down for four months for what, you know, I yeah. mean, you know, I, I got, I got the shot, the, the vaccine just so I could go to Thailand next trip Toy, who uh, runs the Yatong now that his father's gone and who's a fucking great guy and genius. But he told me, Walter, just get the shot. Just, otherwise, you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks, you know, and stay in a hotel. And I take a tour to Thailand every year to sit Yatong uh, over there and uh, with my students. And uh, I don't want to have a quarantined when we're doing we're only staying for like three weeks or something. So, yeah. Gosh. So I got it, but you know what? I came out with some good things uh, out of the pandemic, mainly being much more health conscious than ever before. Yeah. You know, not only, and when I was fighting, I kind of would get in tip top shape, like I'm going to the fucking Olympics. And then afterwards, you know, well, I would. Yeah, you know, I would, I would, you know, fall off a bit, and then I'd get another bout after. But when you retire and you don't have those events to train for anymore, your habits can get not so good. It has to be a way of life. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was something I think. Now I'm uh, mental health, spiritual health too, man. The first thing I do when I get out of bed is I hit my knees, man. Yep. Prayer's big for me. Yep. First thing I do in the morning and the last thing I do at night, you know, and gratitude is huge. Yeah. I worked with a life coach, man. He had me writing out gratitude lists. Nice. And uh, that was major, man. Yeah. You know, I'm healthy. You know, I'm not in prison. I can, you know, I own my own facility that was my name camp. I mean, wow. you know, wow. I, gratitude is number one. Hundred percent. I love it. This is good stuff. I hope y'all are paying attention. And then finally, finally, Walt, what's it all for, man? How do you want to be remembered? Well, I want to carry the message of, namely, Thai boxing. But I mean, the whole uh, 
the goal here is uh, I want to help kids, especially ones that I see that were, were like me, that were going down the wrong path. And uh, for me, especially Muay Thai, it was like I needed something. <laughs> yeah, needed she, something. Just, she just knows how to Seriously. You okay, know, that is and in a meeting right now, baby. How you doing, baby? <laughs> You're the best. I love you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. Sorry about I that. Fighting sports, though, Byron, because I had to take him seriously. You know, it was a good, yeah. healthy lifestyle. And it wasn't like playing golf. Well, and I love playing golf, but, you know, it's like, gosh, fellas, I'm sorry. I didn't have a good day today. I, you know, played kind of crappy and I lost us some money in the skin game. Mm-hmm. You have a bad day in Muay Thai and your nose is broke and you're going to the hospital. You know, yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah. And I needed that. Mm. I needed that, you know. And if I can pass that on to others, you know, that uh, there's a lot of good things in life. And that's the one of the avenues that get, can get you there. Yeah, 100%. The discipline. At the top of the mountain. But that was mine. Yeah, I love it, man. The discipline, the dedication, the crucible. That's where you get the good stuff, man, is the crucible, you know, the Yes. Nine, the lessons learned from broken noses and the, you know, this is when you're yes. really alive. You learn how fragile you're not. You 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 right. walk out of the gym and you know how strong you are, you know how capable you are, you know how capable you're not. Like it 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 washes away the arrogance, the inaccurate confidence in your life. And you get to feel a sense of security, knowing you get to feel confidence, which is accurate understanding with your mm-hmm. of yourself because you have this relationship with yourself. I know. I put in the work. I know who I am today, you know, and this is something that's so powerful to walk around with. Man. I love and it. I think it's important now, especially with fighting sports, it does mellow you out in daily life a little bit too. I, mean, I remember having people cut me off in traffic, flipping me off, ready yeah. to get out of the car and duke it out with me. And I'm like, Hey, you know what, whatever, man, let's just, yes. let's just go on. So you know, yeah. yeah. sparring all day and I'm busted mm-hmm. up and everything. I'm like, I don't want to get now. If you, if it's time yeah or you're gonna try and actually grab me or something then it's a different story and i have more of a toolbox to deal with that too than you do so you know what that's gonna be another area too yeah for the most part i'm not gonna approach that you know it does calm you down you know i learned that from dog training too man they were doing all when i first started the dog training and the the people that weren't involved in it told me gosh you're training your dogs to be vicious. They're they're doing all this bite work and stuff like that. Aren't you afraid they're going to bite a kid or an old lady in a wheelchair or something like that? And what actually happens is they're much calmer. Yeah, they're much more manageable, and that happens yeah. to fighters. Yeah, you know. And I think it happens on the range too. When I'm at matches, I mean, we're all carrying around loaded guns, so everybody 100%. is just like. We're not getting into arguments. Yeah, exactly. A, a dangerous society is a polite society, man. I, it is. Same here, man. I, I ran into a guy. I think I've told the story before. It's a two-second one. But, you know, I cut some guy off in traffic. He flies up next to me. He's cussing me out, flipping me off, trying to get me to roll over. And I'm just sitting there like, I got a choice point. You know, of course I'm CCW'd up. Of course I'm me. And he's him. And I don't know what he can do. Anybody can kill you. But I do know. I just remember being like, how am I going to deal with this? And I look over at the guy and I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have cut you off. It's a beautiful day. Let's just That's have you. a good day, dude. My bad. And then he's just like, oh, okay. You okay. know what to do. And then he almost wanted to apologize. Sorry, man. I just, you know, that day I did it. We, and we both were just like, it's all good. You know, just oh, that's awesome. off, you know, and that's, that's the real stuff, man. That's the Jedi stuff. That's the, just being, when you have it out of your system, you're exercising. That beast is still there. He's still in there. Right. But it's like when you're really actually powerful, you know you don't need to use it, you know. And, right. And you're healthy. You have a healthy relationship with that. And when the time well, comes, you know, well, what did, what did you feel when you cleared that room? I felt a little bit of shoulder pressure. There was some recoil. That's it. Mm-hmm. I've, already, I've already dealt with this. You well, know, you know that is so huge, Byron. I'll tell yeah, you what. Now, a lot of talk with the mass shootings and uh, how to handle the the gun situation and the gun control and all this other stuff. But what we're talking about right now, alleviating stress, controlling anger, having a calm disposition is something that I, 
field should be it would be very beneficial to be addressed in terms of a mass shooter. You got young kids. They're isolated. They're locked down. They've been in this pandemic, too, which affected a lot of people's mental health. Yep. Right. The drug addiction from this has just been astronomical. It made so much money. Two people that are they're not here anymore. They OD. Right. And, uh, you know, that's not happening to people at the range. You're at the gym. Nope. At the gym, the dojo, they're not doing that. I mean, it's a really healthy atmosphere, but it's not being recognized. Why do you want to close down the gyms in a time like that? Right, absolutely. It's a whole. You get all the positive endorphins. You work for them. You earn them. I can't. I could go on forever about the health, and it's not just a physical thing. It's a mental, emotional, and spiritual development tool as well. You know, so. Awesome, man. Well, this has been this has been awesome. Well, thanks so much. Do you, yeah, um, thank you. It's an honor to be able to have this conversation with you. Likewise, Byron. 100%. What are you up to these days and where can people find you, brother? I'm, uh, well, you know, I, I had a pretty cool Instagram going for a while and I got hacked. I mean, it oh, a lot no. of people got it, but I got a new one now on the rebuild. Okay. Official underscore Walter S-Y-T. Text so, me the link, man. Text official, me the link. official Walter SYT. And of course, the SYT stands for City of Talk. And then Walter Miklowski on uh, Facebook also. Awesome, brother. Send me the link. Oh, then my gym, away. too. Byron, my gym is uh, sityatongla.com. Mm-hmm. And they also have Instagram, sityatongla, at sityatongla. Beautiful, man. I hope a lot of people will come and train from you off this thing, gets the phones ringing. Thank you, um, man. I'd like to have you down here, too, brother. Hey, it's going to happen. It's a matter of time. I've been wanting to get into the game for a while. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, brother. We will, we'll talk. I'll see you at the range, I'm sure, before not too long. Or at the gym. All right, brother. Thank you, Byron. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol that you are not doing anything with, Get an MCK, they make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier, get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one, your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I want to get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things. The nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one, drop your handgun in, take it to the next level, out, boom. Boom, yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I wanna encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that, so stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand in order to support us also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on patreon you'll scroll down the home page and you'll see the link uh anything you can give counts you know think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on mcdonald's this month five bucks a month whatever it is uh that helps that helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous anyways This is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade, and I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast. Out.